In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's not a victory Monday. It's four games on the bounce with a losing streak. And I'm here with Ian Right, Right, Right. Ian, how you feeling? Yeah, uh, I think this is the first time we've seen something like this under Stefanski in terms of a four-game slide. Losing a divisional game, you know, some say it means a little bit more. It was definitely a game they could have won, which I think kind of just plays into what this Browns team so far this year has been. I mean, at two and five, so close yet so far away. Cue the music, right? Yeah, I think that's the most positive thing to take away from this game is that it was so close, you know, so we are talking the Browns were able to win that game. Um, so, yeah, I think tough. Um, I mean, their kicker nice their kicker made a 55-yarder. Ours had a 60-yarder blocked. I mean, that's, that's the difference in the game, right? Yes and no. I think definitely we could have, once again, I know – our quarterback hasn't been doing this, but we could have won the game, I think, in the last couple of minutes. We can get into some of the specific things because I agree with you. But, like, Paul, after you watched that game, did you was your takeaway that Baltimore is, like, significantly better than us? With, no. J- with Jacoby Brissett, by the way. Yeah, no. Like, so far this season, the Patriots obviously destroyed us, and that's it. So, um Yeah. yeah. Which seems to be a kind of a theme with a lot of seasons. Like we'll play a lot of games close, except for the Patriots, who just bushwhack us. But I mean, it helps. My my, my other my other positive is yes, we're two and five, but we've got four more games with uh, Brissett, and then we've got uh, Deshaun coming in. So um, yeah, so basically, there's ten games, four with Brissett, and then six with Deshaun. So you know, anything can happen in the NFL. Oh. Listen, they could come out, they could beat Cincy, then they could come back after the bye, win a couple games. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The season is far from lost. I'll say that. I mean, especially in a division like the Browns are in. I mean, the AFC North has some good teams. There's no doubt about it. But the Ravens are leading the division at four and three. The Bengals are four and three. So you're realistically only two games behind them and you play the Bengals next week. Now, in saying what we saw from the Bengals today versus what we saw from the Browns today, my guess is you're probably talking about the Browns being underdogs. That's just, that's just a guess. Uh, you know, it, it is at home, so it'll be interesting to see how much that three points swings, but you know, overall, Paul, what was your general, before we kind of get into the offense, defense, special teams, what was your overall feeling? Like just watching the game, like run us through your emotions to the game. Cause I know there was a lot of highs and a lot of lows this week. Yeah, I think, um, great start. Um, I felt first quarter we did well. Second quarter, I was like, come on defense. If only we had a little bit more. And then, yeah, obviously when they took the lead, the turnovers, the classic, here we go, Brownies moments started sinking in. But when we got that turnover 
in the last three minutes, I think it was, I honestly thought this is the changing point of our season. And yeah, I just I was just thinking, how can we ruin this? How can we mess this up? And we classically did it ourselves. I have a question. Do you think they should have been like, what was your take on the uh, offensive pass interference that would have made your premonition come true? Uh, which one was that? The Cooper? Arm yeah, the or... Cooper touchdown that came off the board because of the push off. Um, look, I don't play American football, so it's hard for me to say of what force he put into that, how much you can and can't do that. But it didn't look like any issues from my side. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, you see on every play, the officials are the officials, right? And there's two that everybody's going to talk about. We'll cover them quick. The offensive pass interference at the end of the game that ended up being, and here's the thing. You, you have the option in the NFL to either let plays go, call offensive PI, call defensive PI, right? That, that's really your only three options. So if you're going to call offensive PI, you're to me, it has to be something that's kind of like egregious. Like there's no way that he makes that catch without the interference. And when you have a cornerback and a wide receiver hand fighting down the sidelines and listen, did Amari Cooper make contact? Yes. Did Marcus Peters sell that contact to me a lot more than it probably was like, you know, we don't have force body diagrams here, but do I think that he over-exaggerated because he knew he was beat off the line? Yes. But not only did that take the ball, out of the end zone for the Browns, because I think there would have been about two minutes left. They'd have then been up four, provided York makes the extra point. But it then moved the ball from the 34-yard line to the 44-yard line. So now, instead of being at third and two, or if it's incomplete, being fourth and two from the 34, which then makes it a 51-yard field goal, it moves it back to the 44, which now makes it a 61-yard field goal, right? So it's one of those things where they... They did themselves no favors, but they also got no favors. You can't blame the officials because you're in the position you're throwing that late down there. But I think once again, Browns fans are going to feel that the screw job was in place because we see a lot of football games and you see what happened happen quite often. And it's not always called like in some cases you see some BS offensive PIs, but I don't know that that one was tough. That one I, in first watch, I, it made sense. And then I saw the replay and I'm like, oh, come on now. Because you see Peters jerk back like, oh, my God, I just got hit with a stiff arm from, you know, Derrick Henry or from Nick Chubb. But it really wasn't. Cooper had his arm up, was positioning to go up for the ball. And as soon as Peters saw that, he knew he was beat. He jumped off the arm and there it goes. Yeah, All I'm going to say now is like we've got to move on. But anyway, let's break down the the podcast. We'll say the last one. The last one. We can make this one simple. That fall start. I have no idea what they saw. Gene Steratore had no idea what they saw. It should have been fourth and one for the Browns, not fourth and eleven. Anyways, the, I, I can't even. If it, was, it. if it was four and one, would would they have gone on it or not? Directly? I would have. I would have gone because even if you kick the field goal there at fourth and one, there was still, if I'm not mistaken, over two minutes left. So even if it's a 51 yard field goal, because that would move the ball from the 37 to the 32, meaning it had been a 50 yarder. I still wouldn't have been comfortable kicking a 50 yard field goal with over two minutes left, knowing that even if I made it, they'd have enough time to come down. So I would have at fourth and one, probably gone for it, tried to chew up more time. And then if I do plan on kicking kicking it with less time, that's just me. 
but who knows what the analytics would have said. But, you know, offensively, Paul, you were going to say it, so. Yeah, offense. What, what, are you, what are you giving it out of 10, the uh, play? I mean, offensively, it was, it, was, it was a tough watch. I mean, like you mentioned, that first quarter was so damn nice. I mean, watching the ball move up and down the field, I think, you know, our first two drives resulted in 10 points. They chewed up. 127 yards and two drives, 16 plays. And then the second quarter, three plays, negative four yards, punt. Three plays, negative one yards, punt. Seven plays, 42 yards, punt. Three plays, and now we're in the third quarter. Three plays, 15, negative 15 yards, fumble. The offense just looked like it was stuck in the mud. And I know when you go to the box score, you see, oh, Jacoby Brissett was 22 of 27, 258 yards. Nick Chubb, 16 carries, 91 yards and a touchdown. Mari Cooper, three for 74. Najoku, seven for 71. Peoples-Jones, six for 71. But like, I just didn't feel like offensively we really got much in a rhythm. So I would say, I mean, you're talking four or five out of 10. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, that Baltimore defense isn't very good. And we hung 20. But at the end of the day, we probably should have scored 30. So there's one thing you never talked about, the O-line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the O-line didn't have a great game today. I don't know how you felt. Well, I think individually, if you're talking about five offensive linemen, I think Jed Wills had a couple struggles in there, especially off the edge. Um, I think that the Ravens did a good job of timing up the snap count. There was a couple plays where you could tell that Patrick Queen was quick off the ball on some of his blitzes. I mean, there was the one he had, he shot in there on Kareem Hunt. He was unblocked. I mean, if the offensive line has to have a call, you have to switch up the snap counts, try to get yourself free five yards in the sense, because you can't have a guy running full speed at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I don't think any offensive line is going to block, but I mean, Baltimore has got a good front. I don't think overall their defense is all that good, but in terms of the run game, I mean, I think they did a pretty good job. 113 yards, average 4.7 yards at carry. On the uh, on the ground. Uh, so, what number are you going to go with the offense? I'm going to go with a five, and the only reason I'm giving them a five is just overall. I think the Browns twenty, almost twenty six minutes possession, eighteen first downs, uh, two of eleven on third down. That's pretty terrible. Uh, Three hundred thirty six yards total offense. Mm, no interceptions, but we did have two lost fumbles. Yeah, I'm going five. I'm leaning four, but I'm going to just give them five out of sympathy. Yeah, I I think five's a fair number in the aspect of Chubb looked good when he had the ball. Yeah. And Juku looked like he's having a great season. Yeah, let's hope that ankle injury isn't too serious, though. Um, Donovan People-Jones, great catches. Cooper, great catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of uh, Pete Brown's injured though, maybe. Yeah, well, they lost two tight ends. They lost Najoku and uh, uh, Pharaoh Paul Brown. Yeah. Which means obviously, that they only had one tight end. So don't be surprised if you see some tight ends coming through Berea this week. Yeah, so obviously the um, the quarterback, I thought, played okay. He played um, what he is. We've said it yeah. five times. He's a top 20, 25 quarterback. He's good, not great. He's not flashy. He completed 22 passes out of 27. Great completion percentage. He hit the two back, you know, the two big ones in terms of the one to Cooper and the one to, uh, was it, he hit the one long one in Joku. Did he hit, oh, Donovan Peoples Jones, the one along the sideline. Yeah. So, yeah, he threw a couple of nice uh, balls, a couple of balls he wish he probably had back. But yeah. those fumbles, uh, ooh, 
Stop holding that but ball it, down like a loaf of bread. He does. We do need to be winning them games. And with a different quarterback, I would like to think we would be winning these games. I mean, it's 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 definitely... I think he's not good enough to win you games. I just don't think he's bad enough sometimes to lose you games, if that makes sense. Yeah, got you. So um, what are, you, are you going with a five, or what are you going with? I'm going to go with a five. Um, I think the play calling was reasonably good today, and I think there were some times where it sucked. But, um, yeah, we've got the four and the one, which was quite good. Uh, other weeks have been very tough um, on the fourth downs. But, yeah, I, I felt a lot better. So, yeah, five. Let's just close off with a five. Defence. Now, there was definitely improvement today in some parts of the defense. I I would agree with you. I thought defensively, this was one of our better games. Listen, do I know that Gus Edwards had an untouched seven-yard touchdown run? Yes, I do. Did Jacob's Phillip, Jacob Phillips and John Johnson III look like they were both in the same running lane? Yeah, that's, that's what it looked like. You're going to have that. that. To expect the defense to play perfect is likely... Not it's not a realistic thing. I thought overall, though, I mean, if I were to tell you going in, Paul, hey, Lamar Jackson's going to complete less than 10 passes for less than 125 yards, no touchdowns, that you're going to hold the Ravens as a team collectively to 160 yards rushing, and their number one receiver, Mark Andrews, was going to be held without a catch. Would you take that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So if you think about it, the Browns defense wasn't really the reason they lost the game in terms of, you know, why did the Browns lose? Well, turnovers. I mean, in terms of the Ravens, they really were only able to generate points because of the Browns faux pas, so to say, you know, I mean, on their one touchdown drive, I think they went eight plays for 25 yards or something like that. The field goal that they got there at the end of the third quarter, 13 plays, 38 yards. So Come defense in the fourth quarter, Ravens, 12 plays, 55 yards, fumble. You know, they needed to get the ball back there at the end. We knew what the Ravens were going to do, but we still stopped them. I mean, really, the only they had one legitimate touchdown drive, and it was the one in the second quarter. So at the end of the day, the defense did a pretty damn good job of standing on their head, in some cases, getting the ball back and holding the Ravens to 23 points. I mean, listen, I get it, 23 points, but some of those points were because of bad situations on the offense. Um, is an eight too generous? Yeah, see, this is, I think, where we're probably going to have to settle into that six category because here's the thing. We did have three sacks. We did have a fumble, right? So we did see Taven Bryan get a sack. Miles Garrett obviously got one. Martin Emerson came on a nice timed blitz from the other side. Three sacks, a fumble when they needed it. I thought overall they held, you know what, Paul, I don't think it's crazy to give him an eight. Honestly. I mean, for here's the thing. We always kind of handicap this defense the other way. Well, if we handicap them and say they've been struggling, this is probably one of their better games of the season. I, I don't think it's too far off. This is probably a seven, but we don't do sevens. This is probably what that is. So it's kind of like a seven plus, which for us leads to an eight. I think today we can't give him an eight. We have to give him a seven. Wait, stop the presses. Stop the presses. For all of our regular listens out there, they probably just fell off of their chairs. 
has the, has the window been opened? It's a seven. It's a seven. Yeah, wow. we're, doing we're, we're making Paul Brown podcast history right now, everyone. Wow. I'm curious. Oh. I feel like you're going to get some, you're going to get some uh, mentions here on the social media apparatuses about this one. I'm ready for that, mate. Well, I think seven is probably the right answer, but since we didn't do it, I was willing to lend in their favor just because I felt they gave their team the chance to win. Um, you know, who knows at the end of the game, it sounds like in the locker room, there was some, there's some chatting going on between Brown's players, you know, Kevin Stefanski said yeah, normal football stuff. I'll be curious if anything leaks out about what it was. Um, I like a little bit of the fire, keep it in house. If it leaks, it leaks, but I don't want them out chat about it. Listen, sometimes it happens. We see it all the time. Dust ups on the sidelines and stuff. If somebody's pissed about something. Hey, get it out. I don't care. The team's two and five. Who the hell cares? What are you gonna do? Hurt feelings? <laughs> you know, like, so let's stop with that. Who cares? You're not, you're not a Super Bowl contending team right now. No, uh, special teams. Well, how much of a handicap do we want to put on them for missing a 60 yard field goal that was partially blocked after being put in a very impossible situation? Because overall, Cade York today was up into that point perfect, you know, made both of his field goals, made both of his extra points. Corey Borquez hit an absolute freaking cannon. Having a 56-yard net punt with a touchback means that punt went, punt went 76 yards. I believe the longest punt in the NFL this season. Uh, he had three punts total, averaged 57.7, one touchback, one inside the 20. I mean, that's a hell of a time. Dearness Johnson had our only kickoff return uh, for 27 yards, so it, above, it was above the Duffin-Mendoza line, as we call it. And on punt return, we can be a little bit nitpicky in the sense that Donovan Peoples-Jones probably shouldn't have caught the one over his shoulder. He should, maybe should have let that one run in the end zone. But I'm, I, I know the, the, the motto is let's go ahead and kill him for the false start that wasn't a false start at the end. I'm not putting that on him. I'm not. You know, I thought they did their job. It was unfortunate York couldn't get that ball off. When you're kicking a 60-yarder, it's tough. I didn't see anything overly special, but I didn't see anything bad. So I'd say a six. My frustration is, look at the Ravens. Mm -hmm. We punted it to them, and they had this lovely punt return. Mm -hmm. Why can't the Browns do stuff like this? Two things. On the one that Devin DuVernay is one of the better, I think he's a Pro Bowl returner, which the Browns just don't have. We had our Pro Bowl returner, Jakeem Grant. I think you may have had the potential to see one from him. We don't have that type of guy. Donovan Peoples-Jones is back there to give somebody peace of mind. He's not a dynamic returner. So the Ravens know that uh, DuVernay, one of the top returners in the game, can give you that spark. And when you hit a 58-yarder from backed up in your own end zone, you need to get the ball out as far as you can. The problem is, is you famously outkick your coverage. And the Browns got a little outside of the rushing lanes. Charlie Hewlett, I know Jackson McCurry had to eat a little crow on this one. He came outside of his lane. And then Dearness Johnson didn't, or didn't seal off the edge. He allowed DuVernay to get to the outside. And I think that led for a 46-yard turn. And then the Browns at that point said, yeah, we're done with that. We're not kicking it to him anymore. So I thought Prefers at least made the adjustment there to say, hey, we're not going to give this guy the number. We're not going to put the ball in this guy's hands for the rest of the day. They didn't. Their punter was a beast. I mean, the guy was hitting just moonshots all day long. And their kicker doesn't miss. So the Ravens special team is probably a nine. That's why I said six. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's my biggest frustration is that our special teams just doesn't make the big plays. 
Yeah. And the guy that they put the, the, the stake in to do it got hurt done for the year. So you got to try to overcome that. But right now they just, they just don't have that guy. Felton, Chester Rogers, Dearness Johnson. Get my point. Yeah. Just frustrating. So yeah, I think um, to sum it up, offense five, defense seven, special teams five. Okay. I can go with that. Uh, Question for you is, Kevin Stavansky lost five games. Was the loss anything to do with his play calling? Listen, I think every coach wants to get a couple play calls back, right? I don't think he's been perfect by any means. I also don't think he's been god awful atrocious by any means, right? So I think that sometimes guys. I think sometimes play callers try to get a little too cute, right? You know, we saw the inside shovel pass to Najoku, which ended up, I think, hurting his ankle on that play. Uh, Go for first down. The Ravens use their tight end who couldn't catch a ball as a running back on one play. And then on a crucial third down, I believe, lined up as the quarterback to pitch the ball to Lamar Jackson. So now let me just tell you, Paul, if the Browns used any of our tight ends and threw a pitch to Deshaun Watson, and he got tackled for a five-yard loss, we would absolutely crucify him, rightfully so. John Harbaugh has the luxury of saying, hey, Mark Andrews, Pro Bowl tight end, throw the ball to Lamar Jackson, the best running back on the Ravens, and he picks it up, I think he got like 10 or 15 yards. So he looks like a genius for calling that play. So a lot of play calling is, is, well, what was the end result, and did I like that? You know, It's kind of like the Monday morning quarterback thing where, would I have called that play in that situation? You have no idea, right? So people today are going to be like, well, we didn't use Nick Chubb enough. Because if you look, when we use Nick Chubb, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all right, but you can't just run. Like people forget this isn't Madden, right? You don't have like green energy. So you got to sometimes spell them. You got to bring Kareem Hunt in. Now the Kareem Hunt drive doesn't work. Now you're backed up. Like there's so many different factors that play into whether you can just hand the ball off to Nick Chubb seven times on a drive, drive right down the field and score. That is that an element you need to have? Yes. But I didn't really see any play calls today. Does any of them stood out for you that were just egregious? And you're like, what the hell was he thinking? Um, yeah. Going for the uh, 62 field goal. Are you going to go for it on fourth and 11? What's your, what are your percentage chances of making a fourth and 11? Putting the ball away or? You don't. Have, there's only two minutes left. You only have. You don't have any timeouts. You had well, to. Kick, yeah. You either had to kick it or go for it. Those are your two options. Now, if it was fourth and six or fourth and one, that's different. But fourth and eleven, you got a kicker that can at least kick it that far. That's the highest percentage play in terms of statistical probabilities. Oh yeah. Um, that false start ended up playing a factor. And listen, I know he's not, he's going to come out and say something very politically correct about it. And the league's going to probably send him a letter saying, Hey, we screwed it up. Cause there was so much confusion. I mean, they thought it was on Michael Dunn. Gene's territory goes, I don't think it was on Life Dunn. Could have been the center, you know, but it, it, it was clear to anybody who watched, anybody that's watched football. The Ravens jumped on one side. Hewlett put his head down. They, Calais Campbell tried to time the snap count. It was the same thing they did on the 60 yarder. They blow up the one side and then they get the guy to get his hand up. That's what they do. So. It was fall. It was a. It was not a false start. It was offsides on the defense. It should have been fourth and one, and we could have had a different result. But it didn't. Could have. Could have. Should have. Would have. Right. If my aunt had a groin of a male anatomy, she'd be my uncle. To change it a little bit there, you know. 
Well, mate, that was semi-confusing, but I hope your auntie is not your uncle and uh, she's not from Pennsylvania. Well done. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, um, Well, listen, we got a Monday night game coming up, so they're going to have to get this one out of the craw. They're going to come back home, Halloween. You know, Miles Garrett had yeah. a decent game. Nice sack today. I thought they were doing a pretty good job pressuring Lamar Jackson. So let's hope that they can build off of that because let's be honest, Burroughs, He's throwing it right now. Bengals got off to a sluggish start, but he's he's throwing the pellet. How many how many games do we next four games? Uh, how many of them do you think we have to win to give ourselves a chance for the playoffs? Well, it's obviously going to depend on what goes on within the division, right? Because at this point, I think your really only shot of making the playoffs involves winning the division. So they got the Bengals at home Monday night. They got to win that one. I mean, you got to you got to make up a game on a division opponent because right now the Bengals are at the top of the division. Then you got the bye week, which probably couldn't come at a better time. Then you got the Dolphins in Miami, the Jack Dolphin special game. Um, I mean, we're gonna see Dolphins play the Steelers tonight. Then you got to come home for the no. You're going away to the Bills. You're going to Buffalo. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one. I'm not sure I'm gonna chalk that one up in the win column. And then you have two games that. Maybe at the time you thought you'd split, but the Buccaneers today got beat by the Panthers. Tom Brady's washed. So Giselle may have had the win on that one at home against the Buccaneers. You got to win the game. So I would say one, you have to go in your final, you're two and five now, which means you have 10 games left. I'd say you have to at minimum go seven and three on the way out. You have to be at least nine and eight, even have a shot. But the problem is you're going to have to beat the Bengals twice and beat the Ravens. So three of your wins are going to have to be against division opponents. And Steelers. But luckily, you're not chasing the Steelers. Yeah. So you need you need the Bengals and the Ravens to lose to move you up. So you need to be able to win the division at like nine and eight. Today was a massive loss because of the division game. Yeah. Ravens could have been three and four. You could have been three and four. Bengals would have been four and three. You'd only been one game back. Former division. Yep. It's a big one. It's a big one. Um, anything else we'll talk about today's games? I, I mean, an AFC North game, right? Browns covered, didn't have enough to win. We didn't have a player make a play to win the game, right? When you're watching some of these other games, you see one guy Miles Garrett, strip sack, some fumble, right? Scoop score, defensive touchdowns, right? JOK made a hell of a play, by the way, punching that ball out of Justice Hill's hand. That's a great play. I thought Taven Bryan had a couple really nice plays. And I'm sure when these PFF scores come out tomorrow, a lot of people are going to be like, wait, look at some of these defensive scores. You know, there's going to be some decent scores out there. I thought a lot of guys in the defense stepped up and played. So hopefully we can keep that momentum going. What about our new linebacker? How did he play? Limited snaps. Uh, you could tell he's a step right now slow. He's a step slower than he was in Atlanta. He's going to have to just get his, his football legs back under him. But I think he's better than the, some of the other options we had out there. Taki Taki, by the way, great game out of him. I thought he did a great job containing Baltimore's run. Okay. All right, mate. Well, I'll finish up by saying go Browns. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can turn things around. Yep. Go Browns. And uh, let's just uh, say a prayer for David Njoku's ankle because he's having a great season. So let's just hope that's something maybe he only has to miss one game uh, and then into the bye. So thinking of you, David Njoku. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns.